I remember working at our movement's World Ministry of Prayer some 30 years ago. People would call into this telephone bank. This was before cell phones. Uh, They'd call into this telephone bank from all over the world, and they would call for treatment, spiritual mind treatment, or affirmative prayer that we heard about in the song. Now, by the way, we have our own local version of a telephone ministry of prayer right here in Santa Rosa that you can call anytime you need to. And if you pick up this card on your way out today, it has the telephone number for the World Ministry of Prayer. And that's in addition to the in-person, one-on-one prayer we offer after service or on Zoom. You can do that, too. Now, when people called into the World Ministry of Prayer, the calls would come into this central telephone center, and at busy times, these cubicles, they were divided, there were about 24 cubicles, and there were professional prayer practitioners on duty, especially in the busy times, sitting in those cubicles in downtown Los Angeles. Now, when a call came in, if that particular cubicle was busy, then the telephone system would hunt for the next available cubicle. And so if you were sitting in the last cubicle in the string, you could hear the call coming in and hunting through the cubicles as it made its way to you. And often the new prayer practitioners were put in the last cubicle where I was. (laughs) So if one was busy, the telephone system would hunt for the next available um, practitioner, and you could hear it as it passed through. I would listen often to the prayers spoken by these seasoned prayer practitioners. I would learn so much from just listening to their language as they spoke their word. They spoke from their spiritual conviction. I remember one day hearing what I would call the spiritual truth being spoken to circumstance. You know, she was speaking, this practitioner. But first she listened to everything that the caller had to say. Clearly, I could not hear what the caller was saying. That was private on the, on the phone. But I could tell from the interaction that the caller was having a very difficult time. I could tell that she was feeling overwhelmed by life's circumstances. It seemed that, and I'm guessing that she was frustrated that there didn't seem to be any clear way for her to go. And the prayer practitioner listened to her in that booth. She listened to all of her concerns and she validated her experience. And then there came a moment where the prayer practitioner said, okay, Let's do a spiritual mind treatment. And then she spoke. She spoke with such surety and such clarity and such conviction that I was healed just listening to her. Even though the prayer was not intended for me, I was open to receiving it in some place inside of me. Now, I do not remember every word that she said, but certain words that she said in that prayer have stuck with me. It went something like this. She said to the person on the phone, let us know together that there is no person and no place and no thing upon which your good depends. Let us know together that no organization, no government or outcome, there is none such like that upon which your holiness stands. 
She said, there is no matter, no consequence, and no authority that defines the sacredness of your being. So let us turn our intention entirely and completely away from the circumstances of the world and tune into that everlasting, eternal, and enduring reality that is the living Spirit Almighty within, so that it may do its mighty work in us. Oh, oh, I wanted to be just like her. I wanted to be able to speak with that conviction, but I wasn't there yet. I was not yet completely sure of my spiritual conviction. I was still learning. And then one morning, I was on the early, early 5 a.m. shift as the east side of the world was waking up and calling into the world ministry of prayer. I could hear the calls coming in, and I could hear that system ringing in the first cubicle, and if it wasn't, hunt, wasn't answered, the hunt began to the next available prayer practitioner. Tring, tring, I heard a call come in. And that morning, I just didn't feel confident. I was still new. So I hoped another prayer practitioner would answer the call, you know, but no one did. Tring, tring, it got closer. Oh, and I was in the last cubicle at the World Ministry of Prayer, and tring, tring. Now it was ringing on my phone. What? I asked myself. I wonder will happen if I don't answer. <laughs> then I heard a cough. <clears throat> and I looked up and there, leaning over the cubicle panel, looking down at me, was this wise, mature woman. And she said, Honey, that phone isn't going to answer itself. So I nodded, said, yes, ma'am, and I took a deep breath, and I answered the phone. And on the other side of the line was a young mother in Australia. She was in the emergency room of a hospital in Sydney, and someone had given her the card of the international 800 number for the World Ministry of Prayer, and she knew nothing about it, but she was open to receiving help from wherever it might come. So she reached out, and I was on the other side of that phone line. Not ready, not confident. She said to me, they have taken my infant child into the operating room and it doesn't look good. So I'm calling for prayer. And in that moment, I panicked. I remember a voice in my head going, what the heck do you think you're doing here? This is serious. This is people's lives. But I was the person on the other end of that phone call. And so I took another deep breath. And I started to stutter and mumble my way through a prayer, a spiritual mind treatment as best as I knew how. And at no point through that prayer was my language poetic. Not like the words of those seasoned prayer practitioners that I admired so much. I did not feel the confidence and 
just decided to focus on what little spiritual truth I was aware of. And I was going to speak from that as best as I could, even though it was very difficult in that moment to do so. And at the end of the prayer, I felt terrible. I was sure I had let that mother down. And when I said, as we say at the end of our prayer, and so it is, which means amen, she broke down into sobs. And she said to me through her tears, that was the most beautiful prayer I have ever heard. And I just know my baby is going to be okay. And I stopped myself from saying, what? Are you sure? Would you like someone else? Now, we don't follow up with people on the World Ministry of Prayer, but that was the day that I learned that a person can be shaking in their shoes and trembling with fear. A person can be unsure and uncertain about their words. A person can be frightened and worried about circumstances, and they can still pray. That was the day I learned that it doesn't matter if a person knows only a little bit of truth or is filled with questioning and doubt. It seems to be that it only matters that they are open to receive that which is already present in them. It seems to matter only that they, we, have the willingness to turn to whatever little bit of that something, call it oneness or connection or loving kindness, the compassion that is within themselves or within somebody else. And then, and then when they do, by the miracle of the spiritual law of increase, that little becomes what it needs to be to meet the situation in them. So, if you are ever feeling overwhelmed by circumstances, if you're ever feeling anxious about the outcome of something, or if you're ever feeling like you do not know what to do next, or if you've ever felt out of sorts so much that you seem to have lost your way, try not to tell yourself what I told myself. Try not to tell yourself that you have to clear your mind completely, that you have to calm your spirit completely, that you have to attain some sort of sense of heightened serenity, or that you have to believe something that you cannot believe. And instead, turn within to whatever shred of serenity or kindness you may remember and Rest on it so that it may tend to you and speak through you. And if you cannot get there by yourself, reach out to someone else to do it on your behalf. That's the key. Turn within, whether you are the one reaching out or the one speaking the prayer, Turn within to that place, which is the self within, which is the seat of compassion within you. And it's the place that I believe where we share in common with all of creation, where we intersect with and are connected to the all that is and rest there until it tends to you.
Now, to turn within, what does that mean? Well, it may be as easy as pausing for a moment with a breath and then to ask yourself, what is the highest thought available to me right now? You know, not the lowest thought, the highest thought. And then continue to be still and breathe. And then to silently speak to everything that is inside of you, every fear, every thought, every calculation, every manipulation, every concern, and to ask it all kindly to settle down for a moment so that you can have some time with your soul's center. And then continue to be still with breath. And then to take a moment to speak directly as if speaking to a person. To speak to all of the disturbances of the world that bother you or frighten you. As if talking to a person, say to it all in your mind, you may not have my attention right now. For I am going to the place of peace. I'm going into that place where compassion and connection and creativity resides and loving kindness. And I will return to the world renewed and refreshed and ready to take my part and walk my path through it. But for now, you may not have my attention. And then, with breathing, continue to be still. And then turn your entire attention to the self within, which in our teaching is described as that which witnesses and embraces. It's called the lover of my soul. It's called the eternal witness within. And that's it. Be still and know. Or we would say be still and witness what is already within. It matters not that you have the right words. It will speak through you. It matters not that you are not ready. It will act through you. It matters not that you be frightened. It will move through you anyway. It seems to be that it matters that you and I are willing only to turn to it and receive that which is already present within. Now, the backstory of my work in the World Ministry of Prayer is like this. Many, 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 many years ago, I was working in Hollywood, and I was in IT before there were even personal computers, <laughs> mainframes, and I was working for a company that was preparing for a very, very big conference when the, the mainframe computer crashed. It went down, and there was so much money invested in and riding on this event, and that mainframe computer had to be up and running by 8 a.m. sharp. And I remember my boss at the time. He was mean, and I was terrified of him, and he called me, and he said to me, fix it, make it happen, and he hung up. And I was shaking. I was so afraid. And I had heard about the world ministry of prayer. And I dug around in my bag and I found a little card and I called the number. And this deep, 
deep-voiced man on the other side of the phone answered, is it World Ministry of Prayer? How may I pray with you? Oh, and I felt such a flood of relief that someone somewhere in the world was accessing a center of calm while all this chaos was happening right in my world. I was so moved by the availability of this prayer help that I just started to weep. And as I did, my emotional tension eased up and I started to breathe more deeply. And in so doing, I became open to receive anything, (laughs) a miraculous outcome, anything. (sighs) And it turns out that the mainframe computer was repaired one minute before 8 a.m. Now, I would love to say that it was absolutely the power of prayer that did it, but I think that the skills of the technicians also had something to do with it, you know. Mm. What impressed me, though, was the change that took place inside of me when I listened and received the words of prayer, when I was reminded that my integrity and that my wholeness was not dependent on any particular outcome. I let the words in. I was willing to receive them. And listening to him on the phone, I realized how good it was to feel that this someone I had never met that I didn't know had my back. This being somewhere on the end of a phone is on my side, I realize, whether I deserve it or not. And so I called the World Ministry of Prayer after that many times. When I ran into relationship trouble, when I couldn't make a decision that needed to be made, uh, when I felt overwhelmed by the tasks of the world, and I, I received so much good, so much good from those prayers that I got to a point where I realized, ah, I wanted to give back to that. So I signed up to be trained. I wanted to complete the circle. I wanted to return. I wanted to return some of my prayer energy into the world, just like I had received it on behalf of other people. I wanted to give back. I wanted to complete that circle. So I volunteered and finally got trained to serve on the phone banks of the World Ministry of Prayer. And when I was there on my very first day, I got to meet the man who was on the other end of the phone who said to me, World Ministry of Prayer, how may I pray with you? His name was Bill, and he was blind, and his full-time career was to speak the word of spiritual conviction to all who reached out for help at the World Ministry of Prayer. Whether they were open to receiving it or not, was up to them. Now, I have had to work on being open to receive because of the many cultural messages I grew up with that taught me that receiving is weakness or that asking for help is weakness, that I should be able to do it by myself, that if I do receive help, I will be obliged to return in favor. And on and on and on it went. Uh, 
So learning how to soften into receiving has been an ongoing journey for me. One of the pivotal books I read about opening to receive was by Amanda Owens, and I was so entranced by her beautiful language in the book that I formed a workshop around it calling Opening to Receive. And later this afternoon, I'll be teaching that workshop. Uh, and the idea of it is to help identify what are receptive modes of being and how present are they in my life? And what would I like to receive more of in my life? And what blocks might I have that are related to how I receive? And then finally, the workshop helps develop a 28-day plan to help those in attendance embrace opening themselves to receive. So please consider coming back and joining us this afternoon for that workshop. But for now, let us practice together in spiritual practice. I invite you to breathe in and to exhale, letting your eyes close. And let your thought go to something in your life that you would like some support with, some spiritual support with. Perhaps it's something that is troubling you right now. Or maybe it's just something you want a little clarity on or experience some relief around. And just let yourself be with that situation, noticing that all the while there is a part in you that is witnessing this whole process. Let's call it the self within. And without trying to stop any thought or change any feeling, let us turn together to that self within. And if it feels too much of a stretch to do that, simply sit in the atmosphere of people praying together and let the energy of us, our, our pra joint practice be available to you. But if you can turn within and observe this self, this witness, in your mind, silently tune into it, perhaps you can do that by calling it the lover of my soul or the friend within or the eternal witness or the ground of all being. Letting all else be exactly as it is and exactly as it is not. We sit together in the presence of this self. Breathing. And remembering the words of that prayer practitioner from such a long time ago. Imagine that there is some voice within you that announces, there is no person, no place, and no thing upon which my goodness depends. There is no organization, no government, and no outcome upon which my holiness stands. 
There is no matter, no consequence, and no authority that defines the sacredness of my being. I have tuned into the everlasting, eternal, enduring reality that is the living Spirit Almighty within. And I am opening to receive its energy and awareness working through me. I am guided and inspired. I'm refreshed and renewed. And as I move today into the world, taking my place among the community of beings, I do so with the solid memory that within is the place, the seat, the presence of peace in me. I tune into my compassionate center throughout the day so that I may be continually refreshed by it my awareness of it. And all through the day, I am accompanied by a sense of gratitude and willingness. And so I let all things be. And I bring this moment of spiritual practice to a close by saying the words, and so it is. <laughs>